Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time to bring the orange with a, a returning guest, one that we've not talked to in a while, but I think the last time we had you, Roger, we did a top 10 things you didn't know about Pure One, and we're all about the digital experience. But welcome back to the program, Roger Weeks, Technical Marketing Manager from the DX team. It is great to have you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, it has been... Um... That top 10 was a while ago. I don't think I want to, I, I'm just going to call it BC. It's before COVID. That's how long I, it ago was, it was. It was, it was before COVID. And I think we even architected the outline when we were in person, hanging out at a late night dinner in Austin at Excel, to be honest. That is correct. Right. That, that is correct. First time we were kind of, you know, scoping out what we should, what we should cover. And it has been too long, but that episode is still out there. So people, if you want to go check out things you didn't know about Pure One, uh, that is a great starting point. And there are so many things. And that's what we're all about today is to get you caught up on the latest and greatest on what the digital experience team is doing, how those features and capabilities in Pure One can benefit your environment. Before we jump into the business side, you've you've moved to Tucson. You are in the Arizona area. How is that going besides the unusual and unseasonal rain that you got over the summer? Wait, yeah, the rain was the rain was a pleasant surprise. Um, it it's been a I mean I, I lived in California for almost thirty years, so it's been an adjustment. But um, you know my my daughter's here, which is why I'm here, and uh, it, it's good. It's um, obviously I'm in a bigger house than I was in California. Of course, but that's... <laughs> of course, that's one of the side benefits that comes from a move to just yeah. about any other place outside of, outside of the Bay Area or outside of the California state, unless you're somewhere in the chewy middle part yeah. of, the, uh, of the state where the real estate prices haven't quite caught up. Well, that is great to hear. And you are coming on how many years at Pure now? You've been here a decent amount. I know, I think you preceded wow. me or about the same. I'm not Almost, sure. It'll be three in the spring. Yeah. I joined, yeah. yeah, I joined in March of 2019. So it's it's been a couple of years. Okay, but always in Pure One, right? So you yep. came in and I mean, Pure One is something that's been established and, and had value going back, you know, seven or eight years. But as you joined, it was really a lot of the, you know, provisioning and monitoring management and great things that we do. But now we're, we're really evolving Pure One to this ubiquitous, you know, overall platform uh, that has far more ways to engage with Pure. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. But what's what's been your view? How have you seen that evolution over time, over the three years here in Pure One from where it was and where it is now? I think evolution is a really good term. Uh, you know, we have lots of capabilities in the product that have always been there. Right. Some of those just keep getting added onto. Um, some of them are, since I joined, are pretty new. The workload planner, for example, there we had hardware simulation in the workload planner when I joined. So everything that's happened with the workload planner, which is a lot, has happened in the past couple of years. And so that's been a huge amount of effort and design work to get that going. Um, and I think that evolution is the right term for most of it, but we've put some pretty revolutionary stuff in the product in the past couple of years. Uh, and I think that's the part that's kept me excited about it. Yeah, it's always exciting to have new and interesting things, but I think the one thing that always stands out to me, and it it, it definitely was front and center at the Analyst Day earlier this week. We're recording this uh, on the same week that we did the Pure Fusion and Portworth's data services launch, but also that was tied to an Analyst Day that our execs did. And I recall during that narrative that at some point, Prakash, who runs you know your, your digital experience team, he jumped in and he made the point, look, 
look, you know, with Pure One, we are actually capturing telemetry data and pulling in user-based data from loads and loads of users, right? Just mountains and mountains of data. And so when you and the team go off to look at features to add and to build, you're not just doing it blindly. You're actually looking at how individuals and how organizations are using Pure One and then making, you know, concerted decisions, business decisions that are customer driven towards outcomes as we always do here at Pure. And I just think that's fascinating that they that they both trust us with that data, but also know that they're going to get something out of it. Yeah. And I think that feedback loop is actually one of the things that is really key to our engagement with customers at Pure is, you know, I've worked at a bunch of storage companies over time, and this is really the only place I've had where we've got that direct feedback loop to, we observe this in your environment. And oh, by the way, we're going to roll out a new feature that helps you mitigate that in, in, in the future, right? That, that to me is something that I've not seen at a lot of other companies. And I really like that. Yeah, it's always striking to me because it was a few years ago that I went off to create some artificial workload simulator, right? Take a bunch of databases and put them on an array and we simulate feedback and all of a sudden news of that, and it was going to be an expensive project, right? It was something that I wanted to take on. It, it, it percolated over to uh, to Farhan on the, on the Pure One team and he gave me a call and he went, yeah, you you actually don't need to do that. I'm working on this instead of, <laughs> instead of simulate, you know, instead of something that's fabricated or simulated based on benchmark data, which in, in many cases synthetic, he said, I'm actually measuring various databases and application performance behaviors on real-time data. And so I, you know, I saved the company a lot of money, which was great. But in the end we got, you know, what is effectively workload planner. Yeah. We're going to jump into in a little more detail. And I had Mr. Ronzio, Mr. Ralph Ronzio on the team, uh, to cover it a little bit earlier in the year. So folks, if you want to get a little bit deeper dive than what we'll cover here on Workload Planner, um, there is that episode uh, in the back. Well, let's let's dive into, we've got at least four or five things that I'm really interested in getting your take around. And some of this relates to things we just brought out at the launch a couple of days ago. So we'll kind of start with those. And I guess it wouldn't be a peer report if I didn't talk data protection and specifically ransomware. And exactly. I know, right? I mean, that just, it's, it's everywhere and it makes sense, right? I joke about that whenever it comes up, but it makes a lot of sense. And I know now that there's an area in peer one where you are paying attention to, and it's not just, a, not just about safe mode or letting people know, Hey, you're not, activating safe mode, which I think is a great thing, but there's more to it, right? We're taking a fleet-wide approach to looking at data protection and helping people assess. Keep that is correct. That. Yeah, that is correct. So about three or four months ago, we launched the first assessment in Pure One. It's on the left-hand side in the navigation right at the top. And that was entirely concerned with safe mode on flash arrays and flash blades. Is it enabled? What do I need to do to get it enabled? And then it will show you things like, you know, what kind of retention time do you have for those safe snapshots. Um, so a very basic kind of tabular format screen. Um, coming up, this is going to be live in Pure One in a couple of weeks after we record this. So it's very soon. There's going to be a data protection assessment, and this is a much more visual tool. It's got at the top of the screen, if any of you out there have used something like Datadog or some of those other oh, yeah. visualization tools, Datadog has what they call a hex map. This is a similar sort of layout. So you've got a bunch of hexagons on the screen. They're color-coded from green to red. And this basically shows you data protection status on your fleet of pure appliances. And again, this goes across 
uh, FlashRay, FlashBlade, CloudBlock store, and it will eventually cover port works. That's going to be in the future. But what it does is it not only shows you do you have safe mode enabled on these arrays? Uh, it shows you uh, a list of all of the snapshots you have on every member of your fleet. And it shows you a percentage breakdown of how much protection you have based on snapshots. It does the same thing for replication. And then it gives you some insights on the right-hand side of the screen of what could you do to actually improve your data protection score, for lack of a better term. You know, there's uh, going to be some consistent recommendations about making sure your purity version is a version that will run safe mode, but then also looking at, hey, you have these 10 arrays, none of them have any data protection enabled at all, right? So you have no snapshots, no replication, nothing, no safe mode. Um, and on a per array basis, we'll give you a pop-up window that basically shows you what you can do. Um, and if you're a peer one administrator, you can go out and request an upgrade. You can go out and request safe mode be turned on. And then we'll give you some guidelines. Hey, you should probably enable snapshots on this. You know, it's, it, it, it's kind of a no brainer, but it also lets someone in, in the storage team at that company say, how am I actually protecting my data? Can I, can I just get an overview of that? And this is the first step towards that. There's going to be more added to this, but it, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and it, to me, it aligns very much with one of the themes we heard with the Fusion launch, which is, you know, we're no longer dealing with environments where there's one or two arrays. I mean, yes, there's some, there's some smaller organizations where, you know, that's all they're going to have. But as increasingly you get these larger fleets, it becomes more and more difficult to have visibility, right? And right. to know exactly what is there. So, you know, hex map, Sounds fantastic. Even better recommendations of ways it can do. Now, if somebody wants to, you know, it gives a recommendation and you say, I want to go do this. That's something that also you can transact directly within the, the Pier 1 portal, right? To go and to turn that on, to create that, to at least interact with somebody to do that. How does that, how does that? Work? Yeah. So um, in from that screen, like I said, you can, um, go and request an upgrade for an array that doesn't have a version of purity that supports safe mode. You can actually request that support go turn safe mode on if it's not enabled. Going forward, once Fusion is out there, I expect that we will have more capabilities to directly manage those arrays from Pure One. That's something that is been in the works for a long time and it's still you know a few months out before, and we can talk about this in a minute, but the capability to do direct management after a recommendation is going to be hugely powerful. Yeah, and probably tied into some of the automation things that are going on. The yes, exactly. Setting, setting up policy, right? Everything that was in that Fusion theme, so we can see how it all it all kind of works. Yeah. So in the future, I, I could imagine a data protection policy, right? Yeah. And if there's a data protection policy and you're out of compliance with that policy, a recommendation pops up, and then you can just act on it. That's the kind of future we're looking for. Right. Well, even cool for, for users, because in many cases, you've got developers that just need access to you know, ephemeral databases, for lack of a better term, right? Things, things that we would categorize in old database lingo as non-prod or tier two, right. you need to have the, the, the latest and greatest data protection policies for those. You need to have some, right, but right. maybe not the most, you know, not the belt and suspenders. Maybe you just need the belt on those. And therefore those policies could be set up and you go, this is a non-prod set of databases and spin it up and, and you have reasonable data protection and then, you know, goes into production and then, you know, set up a different policy. See, that's really cool. I love, I love hearing how that, how all the pieces come together, how the chocolate and the peanut butter work uh, <laughs> together in this instance. Um, let's, 
let's evolve the discussion to use the word I used earlier to another area that is certainly hot, right? If we're talking ransomware, then it always seems like any episode I'm doing has to do with containers and uh, Kubernetes. And again, I think this becomes a question of scale, you know, not just the fleet of arrays, but the amount of containers and, and the Kubernetes adoption that is going on. And they are just expanding exponentially across every single organization, regardless of where they are on their journey. And now that we have, you know, Portworks in the mix, you can start looking at ways to uh, integrate visibility around container storage and, and container management platforms, what types of things are going into there? And I think that was something that we covered at launch as well, right? It is. So with the current version of Portworks, which is 2.8, that's kind of the minimum required version to get Portworks data to show up in Pure One. So at that point, think of it as another storage appliance that's phoning home data, it adds to that giant amount of data that we're already collecting from flash arrays and flash blades. And the current version of that in Pure One is, it's pretty basic. You know, you've got storage and protection information on health status, license information for, for your Portworks clusters. That's kind of the base layer. Um, so it is useful now. It's it's not as useful as it would be for flash array, but in the next few months, we will have performance and capacity metrics. So there will be performance and capacity metrics for Portworks in there, just like there is for all of the other peer products. So that's going to be huge because then you can go in and say, what are my containers doing from a performance and capacity standpoint? The next thing that's going to happen after that is this thing called Portworks Analytics, which if you're a VMware user today and you've got VM Analytics in Pure One, you know how useful that tool is. There's going to be a, exactly the same kind of tool, but for Portworks containers. So okay. same, same kind of visualization, same kind of ability to track stuff from you know, the volume on a, on a flash array all the way down to, in this case, an application running on top of a container. So that's going to be really cool. Um, and I think it will for, especially again, talk about the larger environments where you've got thousands of containers running and thousands of VVOLs or whatever underneath it for the storage, uh, tracing where you may have performance or capacity problems is a lot easier when you can visualize it from end to end. Yeah, super powerful. I've always been a big fan of, of VMA, of VM analytics, and just the, the visibility at your fingertips, you know, 20 years ago when there was much less adoption of VMs, it was much easier to manage. But as those went up and we're seeing the similar trend, you know, on, on containers, I had the, the Kubernetes Bytes podcast guys on yesterday for an episode that'll debut soon as well. Very busy right now with the peer report, but that was a similar theme that we had was just, you know, container adoption is happening at such a scale and rate right now that it does create complexities beyond just, you know, how storage manages it and, and dealing with, you know, the stateless versus stateful type of conversation. So it was really encouraging to hear that you're adopting a best practice around about VM analytics and applying that to Portworks. And then will we also get to a point on Portworks where you get to all the other, you know, traditional goodness in Pure One, you'll get uh, alerts as well as, you know, what you've done with Digital Marketplace, which we're going to talk about next is the yeah. ability to actually transact around Portworks subscriptions and, and streamline the process of, of getting services that you need really quickly. Yeah, I think the alerts from Portworks are going to come around the same time as the, as the capacity and performance metrics. 
I am not 100% sure of that, but the subscription management is definitely going to happen by the end of the year. So, you know, obviously we acquired Portworx a little while ago. Integrating all of that into all of Pierre's processes takes time, but it's actually happened a lot faster than I think I was expecting. Um, but one of those things is, you know, today, if you go into the Pier One digital marketplace and say, I would like to purchase a Portwork subscription, today it takes you to the Portworx website. Yeah. Uh, in the next few months, that's all going to be transacted directly inside Pier One. So that that will change to just make it an even more seamless experience. If you need to expand your subscription, purchase more, whatever, that's all going to be inside the same tool. No, that's awesome. Well, let's expand that a little bit around digital marketplace and just remind people of what was done there. And that was part of that Ralph Ronzio episode a while back, but it's always good to repeat things for those that maybe yeah. didn't hear that one. I, I think what, what you've all done with digital marketplace is extremely powerful because people want to go search for what they want to find. They want to be able to transact without, you know, many days, right? Again, it's a cloud-like kind of experience that everyone expects now. And digital marketplace has been a great first step into doing that. Just, just give people the highlights again on. Yeah. On and and this, this kind of goes back to actually something that Ralph talked about during the launch as well, which is, you know, we've had this capability of what we now call Pure as a service for several years. We were by far and away the first storage vendor to offer this kind of cloud-based transaction of it doesn't really matter where your hardware is, we will sell you a storage service. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's something the industry has been talking about for years, but we've actually been doing it for a while. And so it was, you know, this year we launched the service catalog at the beginning of 2021. And it is a cloud-like experience. You go in, you say, I would like to get, you know, tier two flash storage, right? And I need 500 terabytes of that. Okay, well, you, you fill that out, you click send, we transacted in the background and you something gets delivered to your data center and we start offering you that service. So it's this, it is a seamless cloud-like transaction. The really cool thing about it is that not only are we doing this with, you know, hardware in someone's data center, we're doing it with cloud-based stuff. So if you need uh, cloud-based things in AWS, or if you need cloud-based things in Azure, we have offerings in there for you too. We have offerings for Portworks. We also have things like uh, professional services. So if you know that you need help with a database implementation on top of this thing that you just subscribed to, we can offer you that as well. And it's all in one place. I think that over time, Pier One is going to be the only place you end up having to go to actually transact anything with Pure, you know, and that is, I think is as precautious said multiple times. That's kind of our end goal: is this is a one-stop shop for you. Yeah, and what what I love is the learnings that we had. Right, we're constantly trying to learn and how to better deliver customer outcomes, and we found that there were some barriers to adoption to Cloud Block Store just, you know, for whatever reason, and I don't want to go into that, but when we started looking at the adoption via Pure One through people going, oh, I see these services are there, that made a whole lot of sense, right? It's like, well, I'm already using Pure as a service and I know how to seamlessly add or subtract capacity and, and add features. Oh, well, I want to connect this thing to AWS or I want to use the, the Azure services because I'm doing that. Oh, good, it's here in the portal. I think yeah. the, other, the other part that's really 
interesting when I saw a demo of it way back when with, with Ralph was there's actually educational components too, right? If you're not sure what something is, and then that just, that models the cloud-like experience, right? If you're, if you're a hyperscaler user, there's hyperlinks to everything that you're looking through in case you don't know what it is. And so in this case, what you and the team have done have actually put in, okay, well, what is this thing? You know, what, what is this specific professional services offering? And you click and you read a little bit more about it so that you're informed about your decision. Super yeah. powerful. Yeah, it is. Um, and also just to give Ralph a plug, um, there is a series of his, it's on the Pure Storage YouTube page, uh, but there's a playlist for it called Digital Bytes. And he has, I don't know, 14 or 15 of these now. And they're just little three or four minute videos that go over a very specific thing in Pure One or the digital experience. So so if you're curious about what's new and want to see some of the things we're talking about, like the data protection assessment, check out Digital Bytes. He'll have a very encapsulated version of it that tells you what it's all about. Fantastic plug. And I was actually a victim on one of his episodes. Ah, that's right. Yeah, I got to uh, do the workload planning because of my affinity for databases, which is a fantastic podcast segue because <laughs> the next thing I wanted to chat about was that workload planning and remind everybody what that is. I think my first point is that the scale and scope of the types of workloads has grown, has grown astronomically, right? I think we started out looking at just a several of, of the mainstream databases. And I think last that I looked, it was like 15 or 16 things, right? So yeah. the team have been super, super busy. So regardless of what you're running, we probably got you covered. But when we say we've got you covered, what does that mean? What does that mean for workload planning? So really, uh, like I alluded to before, you know, the first step that we had in the workload planner a couple of years ago was just simulating, what would it look like if I upgraded my hardware? Right. What would it look like if I went to it from an M20 to an X50? Um, and that was, you know, that was some really compelling stuff. What we have now, though, is the ability to say, I have a new workload I want to run. Where should I put it on my pure fleet? Do I have space to fit this, you know, MySQL workload on my existing fleet, or do I need to add some of that new hardware that we can help you simulate? So that's one thing you can plug in the, the new application planner. It, it, it does have like 15 different major, you know, databases or database type applications plus custom options. And we'll let you basically do a pretty effective sizing for any of those applications and say, where would this fit? And then once you've done that, you can take all of the other stuff that's in the workload planner, which is, you know, what happens if I scale this workload by 5x? What happens if I migrate this workload to a different place? What happens if I clone this workload five times? Um, so you've got all those capabilities and you can apply all of that to this hypothetical new workload that you haven't deployed yet. So let's say, you, you know, you were going to run SAP HANA. We look at it and say this really doesn't fit on any of your existing appliances. So, you know, you may want to go look at this particular appliance. So now we've modeled that. And then you look at that and say, okay, well, I'm expecting this to grow 20% over the next 12 months. What does that look like? We model that out for you and we show you what the capacity and load growth looks like on that appliance for the next year. This is hugely powerful. And I don't know of any of our competitors that have this level of forward planning yeah. available, especially when it comes to performance and capacity. Uh, and we, you know, we base all of this data on all of the known workloads that we already have customers running these major applications on. So we have the data to say, this particular thing grew over 20%. It grew 45% over the past year. And we've all got that captured as metrics. So we can take that into account when we're helping you try to decide where to place things. Um, just some of the things we've added to the workload planner recently, 
you know, we can also tell you data placement recommendations inside your existing fleet. So let's say you've modeled a workload and you know it's not going to fit on the array that it's on. Well, you can say, all right, I want to move this workload. We will tell you that like the top five or top 10 best places to put it based on the utilization of the arrays that you already have. So that's actually pretty powerful. If you know that you've got a place to put it, great. You know, that means we don't necessarily have to sell you more hardware if it will fit somewhere else. Um, if you do need more hardware, obviously we're happy to show you how to get more, right. but you know, it's it, for us, it's become a more of a, where do things fit and what do I need to make things fit as opposed to just buying things randomly at the end of the fiscal year? You know, we have a lot of sizable customers that have gone from that kind of, I have to buy a bunch of storage for next year. So I'm going to buy all of this stuff. Well, their account team now sits down with them and says, here's what you need to buy. Yeah. You know, and for, for our customers, that's great because it makes purchasing a lot easier and it fits what they need. And that's kind of the whole goal of the workload planner is what do you need? Not what do you get? Yeah. You know? Well, and you never want to end up on one side or the other, right? It, it is bad, bad for business to be undersized, if particularly if you're hitting peak times of the year. It's also bad for business if you're oversized and you're, yeah. and you're buying more than you need. Now, you may grow into that over time, but why not get exactly what you need right at the point? I guess the other really, you know, I think impactful part of this is that there are so many other tools out there, right? So, I mean, there's other vendors that are selling their products, but if you want to do this type of thing, you've got to go get some type of application performance tool or license some other software. This yeah. is all directly from the same tool that allows you to upgrade, to transact, to add subscriptions while you're also doing that workload migration yeah. uh, scenario planning. And speaking of the subscriptions, actually one of the things we added most recently was the ability to simulate what happens if I have, you know, let's say I've purchased 10 or 15 flash arrays over time, but I also now have some peers of service subscriptions. We can now model, what does it look like if I move uh, a workload from a purchased array to a subscription? Now that only works if you already have existing subscriptions. We don't have it built in for net new subscriptions yet that will come, mm -hmm. but it, it's also a very easy way to say, Hey, if I have this old M20 and I have this workload running on it, I could easily move it to the subscription array and retire that old array that I don't need. You know, so there's, there's some benefits there. Likewise, we've also added support for flash array C. So if you've got workloads that need to be tiered off to a bit slower, more dense flash, we can, we can show you what that looks like too. Yeah. Like tier two non-prod that I was talking about earlier, or exactly. VMs, right. Mm -hmm. Those are all great fits. Or if there is, you know, some type of uh, data protection that is optimal for C, um, those are, those are great things. Well, great update there. It's nice to hear that the team hasn't just stopped with the initial features and workload planning and that that's getting, uh, evolved and, and even more powerful. I want to jump to some of the, some of the more basic, but really important things, right? Cause we don't really sit on our laurels and just go, well, it's good enough. Um, there, there are things going on around general array management as well as upgrade, management. And, and some of this, you know, obviously is new product driven. Some of this is fusion driven. And I, I don't know that you can go into a massive amount of detail, but I'd love to get some, some ideas around what's going on just with, you know, basic array management, upgrade management types of things and, yes. and measurement. So at the Pure Launch event, we, we talked uh, extensively about something we're calling Pure Fusion, which is a 
a, you know, a software as a service management layer to allow you to actually manage uh, provision and do all sorts of interesting things with your arrays from a cloud-based uh, application. So what does that mean? What that means is in order for us to do that, there has to be a pathway for us to talk back to your arrays, whether they're in your data center, whether they're in the cloud, whether they're in someone else's data center. Obviously, that's not something we do today. And it's been a two-year journey to get to the point where we're just about ready to roll that out towards the end of the year. The part of it that is unique outside of Fusion will be called Pier 1 Connect. And that's basically the connection layer between, uh, between us, Fusion, and a flash ray sitting in someone's data center, right? Okay. So, And this is also something that the customer has to choose to enable. Uh, there's a bunch of work going on right now around security, best practices, white papers, and all that sort of stuff, just to show customers that, hey, we're serious about the security of this, and this is how it works. Okay. So, and, But in effect, that is going to power all of the capabilities of Fusion. So if you want to provision new volumes, you know, and you're an application administrator, and you know, we've got all of that capability set up for you where you can just provision something through a portal, that's always got to be provisioned down to the array that's hosting the volume, right? So that Pier 1 Connect is basically the plumbing that allows that to happen. And that should be coming out towards the end of the year. Um, I do know that it'll require Purity 6.2 on flash rays in order for this to work. And so that's, that's again, November, December timeframe currently. That's about probably all I can say about timing. Yeah, that's, fair. Um, that's fair. I mean, it's, but, on the, it's on the regular yeah. cadence that people have come to uh, come to expect. Yeah. But that, but that capability will drive a lot of interesting future use cases besides okay. fusion. Um, one of those, and we're, we're kind of getting there with this next thing, which is upgrade management. So uh, most people that have flash arrays now probably have used this at least once inside Pier 1, there's an ability to request an upgrade and schedule it with our support team that does the upgrade on the support team's calendar. We rolled that out. Uh, it's been out for a while. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that unless you go down and click on the support tab and go click request upgrade, you don't know that it's there. Most of our customers have used it at least once. Uh, it's a pretty handy tool. It saves a lot of back and forth between the support team and the customer trying to schedule something. What's coming next with that, and this is going to be probably mid-October, is a little bit more upgrade management, which is to say, I've requested an upgrade. One of the first things that our support team has traditionally done is run something they call pre-checks. And that basically trolls through all of the phone home data from that array to make sure, is it ready to be upgraded? There's a lot of things that the support team needs to know before they can do the upgrade. There are some things that customers need to know before an array can be upgraded. And here's one that I'm very familiar with because this has happened to me at different places over time, which is I have, uh, I have an array. I had some kind of network or other outage in a data center last month. And whatever happened when some of those SAN hosts got rebooted, one of them didn't come up as being balanced across all of the flash rate ports. Well, now that's not a non-disruptive upgrade, right? It'll take down that host. Yeah. So when you request an upgrade, one of the things we're doing now in the, in the tool is you're going to get a screen that shows you the output of your pre-checks and a list of things that you as a customer can go change. And so, for example, if you've got some hosts that aren't aligned, we'll give you a specific note that says you've got hosts that are not dual connected to your flash arrays. This needs to be resolved before we can do your upgrade. So now with this tool, the customer can see that inside Pure One, they can go remediate the problem, come back, click on a button that says rerun that pre-check for me. 
And in an hour or so, they'll see the results of that pre-check back that say, everything's fine. You, the, the upgrade can proceed. So again, this is all just trying to save time and effort between our customers and our support team to make sure that upgrades go as smoothly as possible. Yeah, and it's a common, common theme with Pure One all the way along, though. I mean, we've always been able to find issues and remediate them before they happen. So this, this just tells me we're doing much of the same. Exactly. And yeah. that particular scenario is kind of the next step towards actually just being able to inside Pure One say, I'd like to upgrade the... I'd like to upgrade purity on this flash array, clicking a button and having it go from end to end. So that's going to require more pieces being in place than we have today. It's going to require that Pure One Connect that I told you about and some other things, but that's kind of the end goal to whereas if the customer or, or a managed service provider on behalf of the customer wants to do the upgrade instead of having Pure Support do it, that's something we're striving to get to. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, um, running a little bit, long here, which is okay. Cause there's so much to cover, which is great. And I know there you is. have other things to do. Um, final area around something that's cool. And it's interesting because it seems like for years and years, it was always give me granularity. Let me dig deep, dig deep. And now where the pendulum has kind of shifted and it's like, all right, yeah, we know we got granularity, but now I've got this fleet of things. And so for the propeller heads out there that love the numbers, but want to get a more visual view, we've got some developments going around the aggregation of metrics, I guess, right? The ability to pull things together and look more at a fleet view and, and subfleet, right? Different parts of it. That's coming That's, as well. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Cool. Yeah. So um, aggregate metrics for performance and capacity rolled out. It's been a few months in, in, in Pure One now, but yeah. So basically you have the ability in Pure One, and this is one of those top 10 things that I don't even think we covered in the top 10 things you didn't know about Pure One. If you are in the main view of Pure One, the appliances view, there's a tab on the very right-hand side of the screen that's called tags. And if you click on that button, you can tag any arrays that you have listed in Pier One, and it's just a uh, it's just a traditional uh, key pair tag. So it, it can be any set of data that you want. Let's say you tag them with Oracle, MySQL, and you know SAP, right? Once you have those tags, you can go into the performance and capacity pages and click on a button that says Group, and you will now see any of your arrays that have those tags grouped by those tags. So let's say you wanted to see what's the performance of all of my arrays that are supporting my Oracle. Now you've got it on one page. Okay. So that's really useful if you're if you're a customer, and we have many of these customers that have you know workloads that are taking up the entire flash array or a set of them. Uh, it gets more interesting when you get granular down to the volume level, and this is something that will be coming I don't actually have an ETA for this, but it's it's probably in the next six months or so, which is uh, on Flash Array, now with version six or higher, you can tag volumes and those volume tags show up in Pure One. And eventually what we'll be able to do is show you tagged sets of volumes. So let's say you've got you know four Flash Arrays and there are volumes spread across all of those that support SAP HANA, for example. Then you can see what's the performance and capacity that's spread across those arrays, but just for that set of volumes. So again, it's it's aggregate data, but it's now more granular. <laughs> so it's it, it is both at the same time, but it lets you look at things in a way that isn't easy to view, uh, you know, without exporting that data into an external tool. As 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 one of the main burger chains out there says, you can have it your way. I think that's that's exactly really, really what we're talking about here. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Fantastic stuff, Roger. Always, I always learn something when you come on. I'm always astounded at the amount of innovation, but as well the synchronization, right? I mean, digital, the digital experience team and what's going on with with Pure One is really at the helm of a lot of the things that are happening and is uh, intricately involved, right? With with everything that's going on at the array level and the purity level. And so um, we got to get you on again soon when some of these things roll out. So maybe towards beginning of the year, we'll have you come back. And for the listeners out there, if you're interested in checking out more on the latest and greatest with Pure One and what AI ops can do for you, you can go to purestorage.com slash Pure One. We've got a nice vanity URL set up for that. Anything else, Roger, that you want to plug that's uh, latest and greatest that's interesting? We plug Digital Bytes. I think that is great for people to get little snippets on YouTube, like five or seven minute videos that are not that time consuming and the website. But uh, where else do you think people should go to get the latest and greatest? Um, I would say definitely if you're not following our LinkedIn page, uh, check that out. Um, that gets a lot of traffic. I would also say that, yeah, towards the beginning of the year, tune back in because we have a lot of stuff that I couldn't talk about yet that's in the pipeline that's going to be very interesting. Which is which is stunning because I feel like we just spent 30-something minutes talking about a lot of great things. So yeah. that is that is great. It's a fast moving ship that you are all sailing over there. So um, keep up the good work and we'll get you on again soon. And for all the listeners out there, thank you for checking out this episode of The Pure Report. Keep sharing with colleagues, telling friends and sending in your feedback and we'll keep bringing great guests like Roger on to the show. And with that, we will wrap for Pure Storage and Roger Weeks. This is Rob Ludeman saying, Don't look back, something might be gaining on you.